Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today in Working Well, I'm talking to professional gamer and owner of Young Entrepreneurs Network. John Hamilton about his habits for success. John, it's a pleasure to chat to you today. Um, Can you give me some background on who you are and how you came to be where you are? Uh, Well, first of all, obviously, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to come on. And on the basis of like who I am or where I've originated from, um, I think quite a fortunate journey in terms of my environment. My mum's came into business a good few years ago um, and based on her environment and her network, I had access to an abundance of people that wanted nothing but the best for me. Um, And off the back of that, in terms of my journey as a a kid, uh, from the age of 13, I played as a, uh, you know, as a competitor uh, in the gaming side of things where I went to events all over the world. played for you know a ridiculous amount of money just playing a video game um, and from then probably COVID to be fair forced my hands uh, prior to COVID I worked as a waiter slash bartender and I uh, went to uni studying accountancy mm-hmm. um, and off the back of COVID with everything going online being followed for my work uh, I used some of, my, some of my savings to invest in a PC which then resulted me in starting streaming um, which has then led me down the path I'm at the moment where I stream full time I create content, uh, I compete in tournaments for ridiculous amount of money um, and alongside that run YN, which is a Young Entrepreneurs Network. So as an individual, I probably now have felt more fulfilled than I have now, just simply because I'm everything I'm doing is for, you know, for, for a greater good. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's some journey you've come on, just, um, you know, going from bartending and being at college and just making the decision to to go and do your, your streaming instead. Working as like a bartender and waiter and stuff like that, I never enjoyed it at all. Uh, for me, like, I, it, it's, quite, it's quite weird because like, as, as an employee, well, for me anyway, any job in which I had, which funnily enough, that was the only job I ever had because I was always side hustling, using gaming to make money and all that kind of stuff growing up. Um, I only got that job purely because I needed to get my car. And because my income was varying, they were like, you need to get a strict, like a, a solid income as such, mm-hmm. so that you can actually, you know, get your car. So I ended up doing that uh, back when I was, yeah, 19. Um, and when I was there, it was just, it was almost like I couldn't believe it. Not not to sound like I had a red way or nothing, but I couldn't believe that this was some people's lives as such, that, yeah. you know, it, it was something that they were they turn up, they were incredibly stressed, you know, they get angry over little things, they they wouldn't look and bring out the best in the people that are around them, it was just a matter of like, you know, whatever happened in that moment, they would react to it, and they weren't really in control of their emotions at all, um, in terms of the work environment that I was in, so I never ever enjoyed it, it was literally, it's literally just a matter of turning up, getting my wage, and that was kind of it, um, and in terms of the uni side of things, it's kind of a similar, a similar kind of some kind of job as such where when I went to uni it was um, like accountancy don't get me wrong accountancy gave me a a lot of benefits coming into business understood numbers on a level that allows me to do my own cash flow statements uh, income statements I I was obsessed with like numbers and spreadsheets and it's something I keep track of in terms of every area of my business Uh, I'm on Mm -hmm. top of it on so many levels so it gave me a massive advantage from that standpoint but in terms of actual getting a degree just didn't really 
mean anything to me because I wasn't going to go and work for somebody. So there was no point in me going on and getting my degree as a backup plan because, I mean, when your back's up against the wall, like you perform in a way that, you know, you never ever thought you would. Uh, and I went to start with my mum where when my mum got me redundant three years ago, you know, she got our redundancy pay or whatever it was. And then from there, it was like, you know, you fend for yourself and she had, you know, a house to pay for, um, a roof to keep over our heads, for example. Um, yeah. And like my little sister and stuff like that. And I've never seen someone perform the way my mum did where, you know, there was no excuses. She was up at four o'clock every morning. She was in Glasgow for half five for networking meetings at six. And uh, and she wouldn't get back to, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, and for her, it was like, you know, if she didn't do it, then we didn't have a roof over her head. Um, and probably watching my mum with that kind of attitude, it was a matter of like, well, she can do it like, and make no excuses doing it either i know that in terms of me feeling fulfilled as an individual i'm never going to feel fulfilled unless i do something that i actually really want to do um mm-hmm. and it was kind of forcing my hand is such funny enough i actually had back when the pre-covid i had like ibiza booked and stuff like that for like june time um so like most of my savings was going to this ibiza trip because i'd never been on like a holiday with my mates or not like that yeah um and then covid obviously started to happen and it was kind of in turmoil whether it was going to go ahead and stuff like that and i only had a small portion of my savings kind of left sitting um and i remember i was sitting with my mum and i was like all my friends or people that i was playing with at that time to game inside of things they were like you should be streaming you know you've got so much to give from a content perspective you're very you're different to everyone else you're obsessed with being authentic you're obsessed with being yourself so there's gonna be people out there that are just like you uh, and you can make a reality of it uh, so I set myself a goal within the game that I was playing, which is Call of Duty. Set my goal, and as soon as I hit that goal, it was like no matter what cash I had, I was going to go and buy a PC, uh, and I was just going to grab it with both hands and just do it. So I did. Um, and having those goals and having the people around me that were like, you know, you can make something of this. You don't have to go to uni. You don't have to go to work. Um, and so on and so forth. And then with work, anyways, like they just sent me a P forty five at like after the first the rotation of follow they just sent me a p45 anyway so they didn't really care um and from then it was a matter of giving it my all streaming and competing and playing tournaments to back in december time or it was around about october i decided like i had this idea of why you're in the entrepreneurs network um and i put my, together a plan over the next few months and um, had the p launch date back in december 17th of 2020 which is feels like it's months ago now but it's only nine months um which is quite bonkers to be fair, but I kind of forced my hand on it, set myself some goals, boundaries, and had the correct people around me to kind of push me. Yeah, it does sound like a, a great combination of of events where you weren't satisfied yourself, and um, you could see your mum doing really well, so she was inspiring you. You yeah. had the gamers around you encouraging you, um, and that was enough for you just to go right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to make this work. Um, so, John, when we first spoke, the first thing we went into was talking about habits. We went straight into yeah. it. And um, I'm curious, tell me what switched you on to the need for habits? Um, I think it was probably, I actually done a, a series recently for our, for our Instagram called Pessimist the Optimist in 66 Days. And it was, a, it was a series I put together because I used to be quite pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my attitude towards life itself was quite negative um you know it was it was something that and it came from the, the self-fulfillment it came from the, the self-belief standpoint i didn't believe myself enough and so on and so forth 
Yeah. Um, but when I started essentially putting habits in place, that was when I, my life started to change. So it was basic habits. Like every single morning when I would wake up, I would uh, turn on my PlayStation and I'd go into YouTube and I'd put on a motivational video. So I'd set my tone for the day by listening to a motivational video while I was making my bed um, and knocking a couple of things out. And just that alone combined with the fact that when you wake up in the morning you're in a reactive state of mind um which means that you're setting the tone for the day subconsciously so when people wake up and they pick up their phone and indulge in all this content is not necessarily good for them and it's also something that they don't really can they can't really control either there's yeah. you can't control what other people post on social media um i eliminated that factor as well no phone within you know the first hour um and that allowed me to you know set a tone for every single day that i went into and in terms of from a mental capacity, I was in a good state of mind moving throughout my day. Oh, um, yeah. And it allowed me to bring in things like reading, for example. Uh, so I read Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvey Ecker, which was a book that kind of changed my life and made me understand that verbal programming was a thing, conditioning was a thing, that the way in which we think isn't based off how we want to think necessarily, it's how we're taught to think. You know, people don't come out the womb believing that they're uh, I put up a post about it. You know, they don't, people don't come out the womb believing that they're terrible at maths, or believing they can't manage money, or exactly. believing they they can't run a business. Uh, uh-huh. They're just conditioned to believe that they can't. So when I was when I read that book, it, I understood that, and I realised that you know the self awareness came in. The kind of ability it was like I'm in control of my financial destiny. I'm in control of my business. I'm in control of whatever I want to obtain. So when I understood that, the self belief came in, uh, and I started putting pillars and actions in place. Um, and from then, the more studying I've done, the more understanding I've done of, you know, rich people, successful people, whatever it may be, every single individual has phenomenal habits. Um, yeah. Because when your back's up against the wall, you go back to your habits. Um, and if you have terrible habits, then when your back's up against the wall, you crumble. Um, and for me, like when I have good habits in place, for example, uh, me, me feeling a bit fatigued at the moment, you know, it's very easy for your mind to spiral uh, to have, you know, just, you know, take a day where you just lay in bed or take a day where you just, you know, you sit and do nothing or take a day where you have two hours more screen time than you usually do, uh, indulge in things that don't benefit you at all. When in reality, if I just sat and meditated for 15, 20 minutes, I'd probably clear my head a whole hell of a lot more than just having sure. to take, you know, six hours to sit and watch Netflix to clear my head. And I believe that our habits are, you know, they... They're monumental in terms of success. And it's the same with a routine. You know, every successful individual has a routine. Every successful individual has good habits. Um, and for me, I, I prioritise those both um, massively. It, it just, I think when you've got good habits, it also is telling yourself that you're worth looking after, you're worth taking care of, that yep. your goals matter. And that just feeds on itself as well. And gives yep. you more confidence to to power through and and go for the goals that are really important to you in life. Yeah. Um. You know, I find you were saying about tiredness. My thing is, uh, I keep essential oils handy mm-hmm. uh, in my office. So uh, if I get a day where I'm feeling sluggish, which I, I sometimes do, because you know I, I get fatigued sometimes, and um, I'll just use a wee bit of rosemary oil, just put it behind my ears, and yep. the smell of that just kind of lifts me and you know I might have started from a standpoint uh, early in the day of I don't know what I'm going to get done today I'm so tired and just having that oil um, just lifts me up 
um, and helps me to focus on the next task. And it might be a kind of quick win task that's a bit of a no-brainer that doesn't require a lot of thinking, but yep. it gets me started into my day. And then I realise, okay, I've done that. Now I can do the next task and the next task. And before I know it, I've actually got a lot of my goals done for the day. Yeah. Uh, so you go from, I don't think I'm going to get much done today, to actually getting through exactly what you'd planned to get through. Yeah. Um, so what habits do you have then that you feel are uh, crucial to your success? I have like a base four that I do pretty much like all together, um, mainly my nightly routine, but some of which come in um, like meditation, for example, that comes in any time in which I need it. Um, but my nightly routine is essentially reading, journaling, scheduling and meditating. Um, but journaling is in the terms of a, a gratitude journal. Um, I'll write down what I'm grateful for. I'll write down uh, the great things I experienced that day. I'll write down a positive affirmation. Um, I'll write down, you know, how I'm going to improve me on the next day. Uh, and I'll write down like my good deed for the day, for example. So they're like the, the six that I use for my gratitude journal aspect. Um, yeah. Scheduling is something that, like I said earlier, you know, our routine is incredibly important. So when you sit and you plan out, uh, I do a lot of mind dumping. Usually like every every Friday I'll mind dump on a piece of paper of everything that I need to get done over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I'll take those tasks off through the scheduling aspect, implement them, implement time windows um, to complete them. And as well, I had a close friend of mine, Scott, that uh, believed in, you know, using, uh, say, a two-hour window, you know, two-hour window, no phone, no nothing, high-octane, 100% output, and using that to knock out, you know, as many tasks as possible. Um, because we go through a lot of days, for example, like work, you know, an average work day uh, for most people is, you know, eight hours, for example. Uh, and I know for a fact when I studied accountancy, that was over a three-year period I studied accountancy. You could have come put, like you could have took all the of my learnings and put it in one ebook slash course and taught it over a few months. I didn't have to be there for three years, and that's the thing. In this day and age, education, um, especially school, especially uni, all that kind of stuff, that what you're what you're learning, you're you're not really you're not giving it your all until your exam comes up, which is like a month. For me, I used to study for forty eight hours before each exam, which is nothing compared to most people. Most people would study months. Um, yeah, I was it, I was a month's person. <laughs> yeah, and like when your back's up against the wall, though, and the time frame comes in, and you know there's a window in which you need to obtain a certain amount of information. That's when you start really working as hard. And most people, especially me, when I was at school, the first you know two three semesters leading into the last semester of uni, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't go to any lectures. I wouldn't go to any seminars. I wouldn't even read any of my emails. Um, and then every now and again, I'd get reminded that I had an assignment coming up and I'd focus on that for 24 hours or whatever it was. And it, in terms of this day and age, things are longed out to an incredible amount. Um, and it's also reflective of people believing, uh, like Gary Vee, for example, is a big advocate of, you know, working incredibly hard. Um, he had a, I actually watched a podcast or a show the other day and it was having Grant Cardone win it. Uh, and Grant Cardone turned around and said to him, was like, do you believe you work harder than me? And Gary Vee was like, yes, 100%. And Gary was like, well, how do, how do you think that? Like, how would you know that? And Gary Vee was like, because nobody can work 18 hours a day like me, loving what I'm doing. Nobody can compete with me at that level. And I know for a fact you're not doing that because nobody can do what I can do. And Grant was just kind of laughed and they just kind of moved on as such. Um, <laughs> and it's that okay. kind of like, I know. And it was um, the self-belief that i seen like within Gary. And it's a lot about what he pushes. That's why you just need to love what you do. 
Um, and I think that when you're at these early stages, especially as a startup, for example, you've got so many ideas, your mind's buzzing, there's so many things you want to implement, you never feel like there's enough time in the day. Whereas if you actually set yourself a two-hour window with no distractions, no nothing, and you just focus on knocking out, you know, even just three tasks, three basic tasks, like things that you you know are extremely beneficial, but you just they're just being you know burning in the back of your head. Um, so for me, the 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 scheduling, the journaling, the meditation, the reading. I mean, reading's a no-brainer. I mean, if you, oh yeah, reading's something that is. I mean, I. Aye. even the book I'm reading at the moment um, well, you've got you know, it's, 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 uh, everything is effed by Mark Manson uh, right. it's a book about hope essentially uh-huh. uh, and it basically allows you to understand um, uh, basically how people think on a daily basis in terms of hope in terms of religion, uh, ideological religions whatever it may be um, and how most belief systems are based on just creating hope uh, whether it's a self-sustaining hope or whether it's something ex- external sure. um, yeah. and it's basically a book that allows you to understand that you don't necessarily need those things you don't need the you don't need hope necessarily in the, in the stereotype of what people use as hope in this day and age um, and if you do things unconditionally without the, you know the, the term which he uses it is um, most people treat things as a means to an end you know for example, say the first time we chatted, um, I came on. I wanted to, to learn more about you and what you're doing, mm-hmm. and then that that would technically be for most people that would be a means to an end because I'd want to learn more about you, what you're doing, and as a result, I'm why figure out if you're a good client for me. Of course, when in reality, if you treat it as strictly an end and not a means to an end, and I turn up and I want to learn more about you and what you're doing because I love learning about what other people do, and it's what my passion is you go through life unconditionally without you know the, the barriers in place and the expectations of uh-huh. you know which then and if someone doesn't meet your expectations or doesn't meet that standard or doesn't you know break through to that end that you've got planned for them then you know hope uh, becomes depleted by end up and emotions take over that's right um, and it's something that the, the book's explained in an incredible way i mean i've only read it i'm just coming to the end of it just now but i usually read the book twice before i really understand it um, and implement the active learning and stuff like that so i've only read it once so that may have confused some people if i didn't explain it accordingly but it's um it's a good book no really that's good. that's a great ex- explanation and also you you've touched on something uh, about your reading as well you were saying about uh, you've just read it once you yeah. read you read books twice don't you and you you take notes the second time is that right yeah pretty much yeah i mean some books like secrets of a millionaire mind i've read that four times um two of which were just reading it in general two of which were audible uh, i used to listen to it every single time i would go to work um and in terms of reading, that was something I got from a, a YN member, Andrew Ellis. He does uh, active learning, which is essentially where it's, I mean, there is facts behind the fact that it's, it's, it's absolutely, I wish I knew about it when I was at uni, um, because it's definitely like in terms of obtaining the information, it's the best way in which to go about things. Um, and then to explain anyone what it is, if they don't know what active learning is, essentially for me i'll read a book once uh, just reading it through reading it whenever i want to read it through a day usually five to ten pages a day uh, and then the second time round, i'll read say three or four pages um, and then i'll document questions as i'm reading it so like say um 
what is an example of an ideological religion right say that's one of the questions because uh-huh. i've just learned what an ideological religion is from the book that i'm reading yeah i would ask myself what is an ideological religion as i'm obtaining that information and then by the end of my five to ten pages let's say uh, i would come back to those questions that i'd asked myself at the beginning and i would answer them without looking at the book to basically see if i've obtained information or not uh, and if i'm not then i would go back i would read it more i'd try and understand it more um and it's something as well that um someone i studied a lot was neval ravikant uh, i found him on a joe rogan podcast he's he's someone that's his outlook on life is phenomenal it's based purely pretty much on logic and for me that's where everything kind of stems from for me it needs to be logical it needs to i need to understand it and if you don't understand it you know it's going to be incredibly hard to benefit anyone else's life try to explain it to them or whatever it may be so that's why for me it's easy to just read a book but put the things in place in order to obtain the information properly because this is the thing we're living that information era we've got books we've got i mean gary v posts 37 times a day you know if you want to go and you oh. want to study if you want to study someone that is extremely successful you've got someone that's producing 37 pieces of content every single day like you've got access to these people like anyone does and it's the same with the books you know you've got people that are widely successful you know you look back what you know i mean back in the day that that wasn't a thing uh even having a conversation with my mum you know if there wasn't someone in in the neighborhood that was successful or rich then you were never going to meet anyone that was successful or rich so you didn't understand how they thought or what they were doing Uh uh-huh yeah yeah and it's as well like people believe i met a young i had a young guy uh sam cavanagh he's a young lad that runs a forex training consultancy business uh, and I actually met one of his friends um, prior to meeting him. And I remember I asked this girl, I was like, you know, what, what is it that Sam does? Like, how has he obtained the wealth that he has at such a young age? And she was like, oh, he's um, he was born into a wealthy family. And I was like, all right, sure. And then I actually reached out to him about a year or so later and I learned about him and he hadn't. He hadn't, reached, uh, he hadn't originated from a, a, a wealthy family at all. From the age of 16, he started his first business. He then found a mentor based off the funds that he raised from his first business which then took him to becoming a, a forex trader um, mm-hmm. and it's very easy from the outside looking in to believe that everything is handy to people and almost to be envious about it um, but when people are in a wealthy family they aren't necessarily just given money they're just taught how to manage money they're taught how to make money uh, they're taught everything that you know their, their elders are taught and also it doesn't necessarily mean because they've come into a wealthy family that uh, they have the right mindset around money you know, they could very easily just blow that money. Um, so it's really about how they approach making and keeping and investing money yep. um, as much as anything else. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the reading that you were mentioning there, I, I mean, I, I highlight when I go through ebooks, yep. but I don't really feel that's active enough. You know, yeah. I think I could learn a lot from you and actually actively take notes. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it, I mean, for me, I feel like it's just the, it's the best. I mean, when I was at uni and I would obtain the information that I had to in like a 40-hour window that I'd give myself, I was basically doing active learning during that period, but it wasn't in a way that I was asking myself questions. I was just, it was almost like, like, um, like the simpsons when bart would literally write you know lines and lines and lines that was how i'd obtain information but i would do it in a way of a pattern so for example um even if something as simple as you know say there was eight lines of of a piece of information i would write down the first line you know 
five to ten times uh, and then I'd move on to writing the second line five to ten times and I'd just combine them both and I'd repeat that process until I I was able to recite you know a full page um, uh-huh. pretty much that way but I was also uh-huh. my my uh, half brother he was in the navy for like 10 years or something along those lines um, and he basically had like he, he believed he had a photographic memory um, so he wouldn't go to when everyone was studying for all the exams which they'll take when they're in the Navy and stuff like that, he'd be sitting playing FIFA and games and stuff like that because it was almost like he believed that he could obtain the information by uh-huh. just simply reading something and then going in and sitting the exam. Um, and for him, if he read a full A4 page, he could write, sit down and write uh, three quarters of that page down, like, without looking back at it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and and did, sorry, John, did he just have that or did he develop it or that was a that question i asked him because i was <laughs> like surely surely this is a gene that i've got then if you're like my half brother job i mean surely it's like in me somewhere uh, and he was like i just started playing like memory testing games um i'd play them on my phone all the time i'd put them on my on my laptop all the time um and it was like little things i mean the first thing it comes to I can't remember the games in which he used to play, but he basically just just test himself every every single day on it. Uh, he loved all those kind of, those kind of memory testing games as such. Um, and it's almost like that. See that nonchalant kind of, you know, I've got a photographic memory. Like he just believes uh-huh. in himself. It's like that self belief in it. It's like the the Will Smith quote, or I don't even think, I think it's Henry Ford. You know, those that believe they can and those that believe they can't are both yeah. usually right. They're both and right. That's yeah, it. absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Like if you if you believe in yourself, then most of the time you're gonna you know you you're you're inevitable you're gonna become successful and uh-huh. you almost have that kind of nonchalant swagger like you know i'm gonna make it happen and that was what he had and it was like i need to get to that level i need to get to that level of understanding and believing in myself enough to when if someone asks me it's almost like i can't really explain it to you i can't really explain how you're going to obtain it i can tell you the path in which i took but in terms of how you feel this way like that's just something that you're going to have to go through that journey yourself uh-huh. um, to get in there yeah, certainly. I mean, I'm I'm aware of it just now myself, where I'm hitting some challenges in in my business. But fundamentally, I believe that I can achieve the goal that I'm setting myself to yeah. to get my app out and to get it into the workplace and to have a certain number of customers by a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's just all up here, isn't it? It's all in the mind. Um, yeah. What you believe you're capable of. Yeah, I, I yeah. You were talking about brain puzzles. That's one of my habits, actually. Um, I do them every night. I've been doing it maybe for about a year and a half. Um, same with Duolingo. I love to learn languages. So I do a bit of German and I go through a full section of German and then I switch to Spanish for a while. Right. So I might, be, I might be working on them maybe for a few months and then I'll switch right. to the other and then I'll switch back. Um so that's one that I really enjoy doing. But to be honest, it doesn't have a direct effect on my business. It's really just for my own pleasure. And yep. I think that's that's fine as well because it's good for my mental health. Yep. Um, and uh, you talked about meditation. I meditate every day, but I do it like just as I'm falling asleep for a nap. So yep. as you know, I've got chronic fatigue and uh, a nap sort of late lunchtime each day. And uh, I just put the meditation on then or if I can't sleep through the night I put it on and I just like to think that it goes in regardless you know you're still taking it in as you as you sleep you know so uh, 
And then another one I love is I do exercise in the morning, 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, yep. I'll do either yoga or core exercises. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really just to kind of ease me into the day in a positive way. You know, it's it's like what you were saying about not looking at your phone. I do sometimes look at my phone in the morning, but I'm yep. trying to get out of that habit uh, because things pop up and bits of news pop up and um, it can kind of skew how your day starts. Yep. So I'm just trying to get up and get straight into my yoga now and just set myself up in a, a positive, happy way for the day yep. ahead kind of thing. Oh, 100%. I mean, even like... Last night, for example, I had something that was uh, from the game and sort of things that I, I was basically put together a plan, like a marketing plan in order to gain more exposure and stuff like that. Uh, and it launched yesterday and I woke up through a night, for example, and I was like, I should go on and check how it's doing or I could go, I should go on and see what's happening with it or I should go on and see you know, if anyone's replied to it or if there's, like, the exposure has actually been built from it. And all it takes is one thing that is, you know, one negative comment or one negative thing. And because you're in a reactive state of mind, it sets the tone like completely, man. And it's something that for me, like self-belief and, you know, like not caring what people think, especially. I mean, that was another Mark Manson book, the sort of art of not giving a, you know, not yeah. caring at all uh, about what people think. And he's put it in a way in that book that explains it that is incredibly easy to understand um it's not necessarily like, it's almost like subtle nihilism you know life is life in the bigger picture is meaningless the one thing that is guaranteed is the fact that we're all going to die which is why you should do what you love and love what you do and do everything with compassion and do it un- unconditionally um and that's where like uh, the bigger picture for me always comes into play uh, especially on little things like you know if something doesn't work or if something isn't going as way in which you thought it would or you know someone breaks your trust or whatever the things the things that people get caught up in this day and age for me like when you're in a reactive state of mind it's easy really easy to get caught up on them um whereas if you eliminate that reactive state that you're in in the morning and you just go through your day in a simple routine of you know getting up whether it's putting on a motivational video or you know, hopping in the shower, um, whatever it is that you need to do to set your tone for the day, that's my routine. I get up, you know, I put on a motivation video, I hop in the shower, I get out, I go down, I grab my breakfast, I grab a glass of water, I turn my PC on, and I just sit and I knock through a couple of things straight away. Um, but by the time I'm in my shower and I've had my breakfast and stuff like that, that reactive state's gone. Because as soon as you step into the shower, you're more in a zen state of mind. That's where the, the meditation aspect is. Um, that state of mind that you're in the shower is the closest thing you'll get to meditation without actually meditating. It's why it's why you like, I mean, when I'm in the shower, I used to come up with like, you know, I'd go through a full conversation I was going to have with somebody. You know, I'm going to say this, they're going to say that, and you know, that kind of thing. And that comes from a creative state of mind, which is the, the zen state of mind. And it's something that, you know, it's really hard to access without, a common environment um and that's what for me like meditation allows me to enter that and even just two days ago i had i done one guided meditation because i use a insight timer so did i yes app, yeah and uh-huh. for me the reason why it, it captured me is because it can tra- attraction exact minutes in consecutive days and milestones i love all that like see number crunching oh yeah, yeah physically like what it is i'm with you because <laughs> yeah. yeah. i i could you know I used to track it up on my whiteboard now, but I, I don't even track on my whiteboard anymore because I just use Insight Timer. But I went on and it was um, two days ago. I just had a really ridiculous schedule. Uh, I, I had I'd crammed a lot in in one day when I just shouldn't have. Um, and then I had to go on and start a five-hour stream. And I was sitting and I was like, 
I need to meditate. When I went on, they always they had one that was um, about uh, calming the mind um, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Uh, and I sat, and it was just a basic exercise that I hadn't even done before. And the last stage of it was breathing in through the nose and out through the nose, not using your mouth at all. And when I got myself into you know the habit of doing it or the routine of doing it, I ended up in a state where I just felt like I was floating, and I just felt like it was like oh, nobody yeah. could touch me it was weird it was so it was it was nuts but even when the, the guided meditation finished i was like i'm not i'm not stopping i'm just going to stay here until this fizzles out as such so the actual guided meditation was only like 10 minutes or 11 minutes whereas i sat there for another you know five to ten and the good thing about insight time as well it tracks the extra time that you do after the guided meditations um which i, I was sitting and that's why i was like i would have done longer if i knew that that was the case but when i was like 10 minutes and i thought Oh, this isn't even going to be added to my timer, man. And I'm sitting here, like, you know, doing this extra meditation because it feels amazing, but I wish it was added to my timer. And as soon as I opened my eyes and opened up the app, it said, oh, we've added 11 minutes to your 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 total time. I know, it's um, brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's a really good app, really good well put together. If anyone's looking to meditate or start meditation, that's that's the app to use, I think, 100%. I, I would totally agree with that. I mean, I have uh, a few favourites that I use over and over and over. Mm. Um, particularly when I use for sleep, um, yep. which I really like. Uh, Yoga Nidra for Sleep by Jennifer Piercy is excellent. It's just mm-hmm. just got such a soothing voice. Um, I think for me, meditation came about because I was going through a really uh, stressful period in my life and I was working with a health coach at the time. And it was when all everything was going on with my mum when my mum was hospitalised with psychotic depression and there was just a huge amount of stress and um, I felt like I was getting really cranky with with my family and I thought this isn't fair on them and I I don't want to be this mum that's just constantly snapping at them and so that's really why I started the meditation and and with some support from my my health coach uh, encouragement from him as well and I don't think I was aware straight away of an effect, but it was only after a few months had gone by and I kind of looked back and I thought, I don't think I've been quite as crab <laughs> in the house as I used to be, you know, so that's what got me into meditation. And I don't do it every day. I probably do it about five days a week or something like that. Um, but sometimes I'll just nap and just enjoy the quiet. It depends. But uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love yep. it. 100%. So, I've been reading uh, about influencing language and uh, how people, you know, different styles of how people think. It's basically about neuro-linguistic programming and yep. um, different kind of thinking styles. And, uh, you know, I'm quite procedural. I, I like things to be organised and scheduled and things like that. But I just wondered how habits, maybe, maybe it's more challenging for people if they're not really into procedures you know and they like their life to be more random I wonder how much harder it is to have habits if you're that kind of person because clearly they work for you they work for me but you know that's something I've always wondered 100 I feel like it's something as well that like you it's the kind of change that they would have to make if they want to represent I mean there's a reason why like you know that most people you it's a common pattern, you know, in, in successful individuals that their their habits are phenomenal. I mean, there's someone that I don't necessarily agree with all the day, all the time, but like Dan Painter. I mean, he's like seventy something. Um, class is like the trillion dollar man or whatever he is. Um, in terms of how much he's obtained all through his life, 
like for him to still be doing what he's doing at the age of 70 that all comes from your habits if you want to do something long term there's no way in which you can do that if you if your habits are one either terrible or two you don't have any habits in the first place um, oh, yeah. and in terms of knocking things out as well the one thing i always believe when i started to actually realize is that every single person is the same 24 hours that you do um, and you know big successful entrepreneurs like elon musk uh, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, they all have the exact same time that you do. Um, and it's just how in which they, they, they use it is completely different. Um, and it's kind of as well, I'm trying to eliminate that Gary V mindset from my own mentality because you don't need to be working 18 hours a day to be successful. No. You, you really don't. Um, no. And that's where I implemented the, the productivity hours, which I need to pay more attention to, I think, um, the productivity power hours because it's something that, it's almost like a, a, a culture, a cultural war as such that is coming in where, you know, it, from a successful aspect, it's like, um, you know, those that work incredibly hard, they never believe they're working hard enough. Um, and those that believe they've worked hard enough uh, usually don't get to a level in which, you know, Gary Vee and stuff like that are at. So it's working out that balance between, yeah, am I going to be okay with not earning billions? Or do I actually want to obtain, or do I actually want to obtain billions or do I want to change, you know, a billion people's lives or whatever it may be? Uh, and just understanding that going through the thing is as well falling in love with the process the journey that's only way much Gary Vee can do what he does so when you love what you do yeah it becomes ridiculously easy ridiculously easy um and I think just just seeing the getting the reward of working through the process and yep. ticking things off and okay that's another small win for me that's another thing that I've done that you know, maybe didn't think I was going to get done this week, but I've got it done, put my mind to it, and I've, I've blitzed it. And if you keep doing that, then you do reach your goal because yep. you just keep chipping away. The, the whole point of having a habit formula as such um, that makes everything simple is because you want to create the pathways in your brain to open your mind up to that. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously some people have never done it before or believe that they can't do it or they can't maintain habits. Um for me, if I don't maintain a habit, I just ask myself, like, you know, truly, like, deep down, like, why am I not maintaining it? Do I not believe in it? Do I not think it's going to work? You know, what, it, yeah. what is it? What actually is it? Because I know there's a lot of benefits to this habit, so why am I not doing it? Uh-huh. Um, Listen, John, I really appreciate uh, you coming on to the podcast today and taking your time to talk us through your habits. Um, where can we find out more about you? Yeah, well, I mean, from a personal aspect, I post pretty much every day on LinkedIn. So anyone that's looking to, you know, connect on LinkedIn as such, um, that's a it's, a it's a great avenue to go down in terms of seeing my content daily. Because I pretty much wake up when I've got a content plan that I fill out um, on the Sunday in terms of my plan moving forward. But the content is very personal. Uh, it's very authentic. It's if you want to learn as much as you can about me, it's definitely through that content. Um, but alongside that, I'll stream full time. Uh, I'll send the links through to uh, Suzanne. But I stream full time on Twitch. Uh, I have content going out on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter, everywhere. I'm pretty much. I'm, I mean, I'm on, on every platform. Taking a leaf out of Gary V's book. Um, and for myself as well, uh, if Suzanne doesn't mind that, I host my own podcast, a Young Entrepreneurs yes. Networking podcast, um, where I get on guests of, I mean, pretty much guests within my network, uh, professional footballers. Uh, I brought on a professional gamer, Zach Denyer, who competes in the in the COD League, who last year was earning 15 grand a month, um, a lot, not even counting tournament earnings or nothing along those lines, wow. instead of picking his brain, who at the age of 21, got flew out or the age of 20 i think it was flew out to america 
putting a house, um, a, a team house for practice and so on and so forth at that age. Um, picking the mind of someone like Blair Colley, for example, who I'm, I'm sure you, you would have met or will meet at some point, Suzanne, mm-hmm. um, who's a 20-year-old profit investor who's got seven years' experience, um, who's a, a phenomenal person to work with. Um, so in terms of the guests that I have on that, they are... They vary from the gaming side of things to professional athletes to uh, young entrepreneurs or experienced entrepreneurs. That's something that I love, and it's it's it, that's why like when you ask me to come on, it's always a no-brainer for me because I love hosting my podcast in general. So coming on as a guest is it's even more exciting because you're you're coming on and you there's no you're just there's no necessarily like when you're hosting your own podcast you maybe have a little bit of an expectation of what you want you know how you want it to go as such but when you come on as a guest you're way more relaxed um and you just be yourself of course and you just bring it the best and <laughs> I've, no, I've noticed that as well actually yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more relaxed as a guest but what i love about your young young entrepreneurs network podcast is there's a lot of banter on it as well you know yeah. um and it's really relaxed and chilled out so it's a great podcast yeah. Um, so yeah and if if people were looking at the young entrepreneurs network from a business perspective then john yeah. um best to just find you on linkedin a hundred percent yeah and mm-hmm. in terms of like the young entrepreneurs network it's it's so much more than what you, you see at face value um and there's also experienced entrepreneurs within a young entrepreneurs network too because i believe that intergenerational learning and experienced entrepreneurs are the absolute key in order to move forward because they've walked the same tightrope that you know, most of us have walked in, even if they've not walked that tightrope, they're most likely a young entrepreneur and, you know, they're young in terms of, from a business aspect, um, whatever you would class as young or whatever. It's such a touchy kind of feely kind of subject that I just don't really <laughs> move into as such. It's like, for me, you know, if I get along with you, if we really click, if our values align um, and you kind of understand the YN culture of what I'm trying to build, then there's a high chance that YN would be for you. So it's... um yeah linkedin is probably the best way to connect with me uh, but yeah. any of the other platforms that, that i spoke about before I'm, I'm easily reachable that's for sure that's that's great john and yeah it, it always made me laugh when you invited me on at first because i didn't really appreciate the the full ethos of young entrepreneurs <laughs> network and i was kind of like i'm 44 like are you seriously <laughs> <laughs> like considering me young but uh yeah i I understand now that YEN is very inclusive. So, yeah, um, listen, John, thanks very much for your time again. And uh, you take care. All right. Love that. No worries, Suzanne. Thank you for listening as well, everyone that's out there. Um, and have an amazing day. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.